This week on the Open Nesters podcast, Amir interviews Tessa about turning 60. Well, three things stand out in our lives, and I think it's all of our lives, and I think that we have more opportunity as we are older to explore that and to continue to have courage not to let things kind of overwhelm you, to be able to try new things that are so courage, curiosity, which I've talked about a lot here, becoming curious for what you can have courage for or what interests you or what you can still learn and open up to as an open nester and compassion. Because when we come from self-compassion, then we can be compassionate with others and that helps us align with them and that just makes our life more, life richer. Welcome to the Open Esther's Podcast. How will you write Act 3 of your life? Will you be open? Will you welcome the possibilities? Are you going toward your most vibrant, authentic stage of life? Are you curious to discover what's ahead? Are you in a fork in the road and wondering which path to follow? Would you like to hear from others who are already writing Act 3? Hey everyone, I'm Tessa. And I'm Amir. Why be an empty nester when you can be an open nester, living on the edge of your curiosity, on the fringe of your imagination, reinvention, and sexuality? Together, we'll take a journey and explore how rich this stage of life can be when we approach it with an open mind and an open heart. So, Tessa, here we are, a few weeks before your 60th birthday, which marks complete six different decades. You're entering your seventh decade, (laughs) so to speak. And here we are sitting in our studio, in our playroom, and talking with you about your last six decades. I mean, not like when you were five or six. No, we're not talking that far back. I don't even remember. As you know, I have a wonderfully not great memory. And we've discussed interviewing one another a few times instead of just talking about a topic, but me talking to you and you talking to me. And then our wonderful PJ Ewing webmaster and blogger said, why don't you do something about how you're coming into your 60s? Because it's such a, a genuine and authentic time for me. So I'm excited to make this the first interview that you're doing with me. Well, I'm absolutely doing it with you. I'm all engaged in the process. (laughs) Usually your birthdays are usually weeks of celebration. That was just like... A, a random birthday, but the sixth. No, it's going to be a year. It's going to be a year. Or at least until your birthday. Well, April. maybe we'll have a couple of anniversaries of that, too, as well. well but anyway. So. <laughs> anyway, I, I want to tell you that I have seen you over the past two years flourished. I've seen you getting to be very comfortable with who you are. You now know how to love yourself. You know what you want. You know how to articulate it. You know how to get it. And your beauty shines uh, from the outside and from the inside. And I just seen it. I witnessed it over the past two, three years. Not exactly when we went out and become open nesters, but even prior to that. Well, thank you, With the years leading to that. 
I've seen it and witnessed it. So I know that you practice gratitude every day. You taught me how to do it. And I want to know what is it you are most grateful right now at this stage of your life? I would say my gratitude is the blessings of being healthy is always first when I wake up. I make sure that I say my gratitude prayer in the morning along with what I've been doing for the last over a year, which is this Kriya uh, from Kundalini that I learned from one of our my Flourish group members that I've facilitated this program of flourishing together as a woman's circle. And she taught us uh, to bring in this white light and like open to it every single morning with a, with gratitude. And, and what comes in is, is always a surprise to say, what is it that I'm creating an aura around me? And what am I sending out in a meta way to give more gratitude for my blessings to yeah. the world? So gratitude is an enormous thing and sometimes very specific if we can hone in on that. And I've been trying in this decade, coming into this decade to slow down. And I'm not somebody who slows down typically. It always was somebody who talked not fast. Exactly. And I'm, I, the idea is that I'm really learning through my practices over the years and I'll never end the learning. It's a journey. And I, thank you. Thank you for asking because the gratitude is some kind of an inner knowing that I'm living in a state of more peace. And we just had an interview with these wonderful couple, Bill and Jude Thomas, and they talked about becoming an elder is someone who by the virtue of life experience is here to teach. So I do hope that that's what I see, that the the gratitude is also about my ability to potentially have been receiving enough that I can now, I, ha, to have given also so much in my life as a, as a maiden, as a mother, and now I'm in this crone phase of my life, which is so interesting. That's my last name. But becoming a crone is an archetype. And if you out there don't know much about it, it is worth learning about because it's such the inner beauty without kind of knowing and accepting. And gratitude is about yeah, accepting. But, but I think it goes together, don't you think? The, the wisdom and being a crone and the inner beauty come together with the outer beauty. Don't you think it all comes together? And converge in you sure much. I, I mean and 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 it's waves of being human so it's never one thing I never feel one thing I and you we still deal with being human has the self-doubt has some anxiety moments has has sadness which is part of as we enter this kind of darker shadow life of ours that we can recognize that in the world there's many shadows and in ourselves and in the fact that we face our imminent, you know, d death is also part of our shadow. It, it's, it looms, and living fully because of that is the paradox. So embracing yeah. the paradoxes is more accurate than all of it converging for me. I, I happen to agree with you on that. You have become wiser. I've seen it. I've seen it in your patience. I've seen the wisdom in your eyes. And I know that you become wisdom. Would you call yourself an elder? I am becoming an elder, yes. And you know, elders in the way Bill and Tom and, uh, and Jude Thomas were defining it is not always someone who is old, who is older, older. But becoming elder is that crone wise stage of life. And yeah. we can be in training for that all the time. Right. So it's kind of like also arriving, never arriving, but being wiser as we grow older. Yeah. And a lot of, I think, wisdom comes from this idea that we have expectations and obligations and and when we do a lot of that in our lives, then we don't give ourselves as much of that chance to just be present. And, and I do think that the, 
that the idea of being fully present is the gratitude. So, so as we are now in the open nesting stage of our life, what are you appreciating the most in that stage of life? The kids are pretty much out of the house. Each of them is sort of their own life and career, and they're on a track. What are you appreciating the most right now? Again, I appreciate my body's um, cues of being authentically tuned in more about my awareness. I think part of my awareness, and that we'll get to what I'm actually specifically thankful for, but I was going toward the fact that kind of that awareness means the more I grow in, 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 in each moment of being present with the people I'm with, I'm grateful for that moment. So I would say I'm grateful for every moment that I can be in tune with myself and aware of myself. And and when I emotionally regulate, which is the other, I think, big wisdom in life is how we regulate all the things that we see to, to yeah. become intimate and authentic in ourselves, then I can also give that love in a bigger way. So I'm grateful for the love I can give you, my kids, my friends, I'm grateful that I have that ability and awareness. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that, and I, and I see that on a daily basis. Can you give a practical example? Well, when when I know that I wake up and and we wake up together and we and we are in sync, those moments for me are of huge gratitude. And we have our our usually at least one day on the weekend, Shabbat, we. Saturday after Saturday morning, we take our time to to really connect deeply. And I'm always grateful for those those moments. I'm grateful for the kids being able to feel free to come in and out of the house in a way that 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 they feel such a welcoming and nour- nourish, nourishing and nurturing place to invite their friends into and their lives into, and and so they can come in and out and just have fun with us too. So we can laugh yeah. a lot. I mean, right. I'm grateful for every and my friendships. I have such deep, beautiful friendships of people that have taught me so many things. So I'm I'm I feel like I live a life of gratitude. And you think that's the most significant in this stage of the open nesting? I think it's one of the most significant that we come into that, that we know that relationships is the way. And that's why all those things are about the relationships. It's not about achievement. It's so much about the quality of our lives is, is really tied to the quality of our relationships. And so I'm always coming back to that, as well as the time that I enjoy my alone time, which didn't used to be something I looked forward to. So I'm grateful for that as well. And that definitely came from my being able to not rush and not have to do things as much as I used to. And all of that slowing down that I mentioned before that is is really helpful for me to understand how I can be aligned with myself. Because I would say that even if I, I say yes to things, for example, what else do I say no to is important? Because then it gives me that time to choose what I want to, what I want to really feel, and I also believe that if I say yes to something that I haven't really spent time knowing that I authentically feel in my body, then it's not aligned with what I want to do. And I could say yes, which is what I think we do as we're younger, if we want to be, you know, be optimistic and curious and say yes. And yet, there's something about knowing ourselves better 
that deeper knowing that it comes from more when we say yes to something that is really resonant and authentic, there's so much more joy versus there's not as much joy if you keep on not trust the self-trust thing. It's like that self-trust, right? Yeah. I mean, how, how does that manifest itself, the self-trust? I mean, do, do, tell me about that. I would say, for example, just I have an example right now is that I decided to get on on an, a dating app. I had some kind of a residence about myself for the first time to get and decide that I had some more time. You were very busy doing more of the stuff in the evenings that you're busy with. And, you, you know, you had a few women you're dating and I didn't right now. So I said, you know, what? I'm going to get on a dating app. It was the first time in my life. And I defined myself and looked for the people from my heart that I thought would I could manifest how they the things that are important there they meditate they do yoga they're they're more spiritually aligned and the three dates that I had all of those men had that a little more of that feminine side to them that was such ease to be with and yeah. so bringing that into my life comes from my authentic alignment and knowing what how I can operate that way, you know, because I say to myself the things that I speak to myself. And that's something I would, you know, suggest to everyone. And I have all kinds of practices and tools I use we can review if you want. But I do yeah. think that knowing we'll, that... We'll get yeah. to that in a moment. We are in that uh, wonderful open nesting stage. And we started the podcast just about a year ago. And the podcast become very popular, very fast. Uh, with thousands of downloads, and that's just wonderful. And we have interviewed a lot of people. Is anybody that stands out that uh, have you've learned the most out of? I know that each and every one of our episodes have been very inspiring and very valuable content for learning and becoming uh, an open nester and wiser. But anyone stands out? So many beautiful interviews, it's really so hard for me to pick. However, I would say that the one that surprised me the most, because it took me into this idea of ageism that I knew nothing about, was Ashton Applewhite, because she's also a poly woman, she's very open-minded, and she's done this work around ageism to, to dismantle some of the ways I've been saying things like, let me be ageless, ageless, and let me, and people saying to me, Oh, you look so young for your age. And I started realizing I want to be exactly where I am at my age. And I want to embody it as the, as I am. And so even, for example, when I got on this dating app for me to say that I was 59, and that was a big deal. I and mean, people say, you know, what, how do you not, not tell your age? You know, you're going to turn 60 and how are you going to be authentic with that? So I'd say that having that interview with, with Ashton Applewhite was a huge opening for me to really come fully into that aging process. Yeah, and the one that, uh, uh, consequently, uh, also Carl Honoré. Yes, older and bolder. You loved him, and I think he was wise, too. I just, you know, I related more to the to the woman's view of it. And and interesting, just because I do think that our our journey in this open nesting is, is realizing that there were some sad interviews. There were interviews about people's loss and about realizing what it is that they came through, how to manage their lives, and not necessarily realizing how we need to let go of controlling our lives. So I think aging with a way that we know is becoming more more wise and slow and deeper and and able to share from that place. So that's what's so exciting to me about the 60s. That particular aging episodes have really have been very valuable for me as well. I, I can do that. And then the, the same one with 
Pat Whitty, uh, which are very, very valuable. And I know that you have learned from everyone. I see how your interview skills and how you prepare for each episode, and I can see the research that you're putting into it, and I can see where you are, just by the research itself, it's add value to you and wisdom. Is that correct? So much. It's so much other people. I really believe that I learn the most through my through others. I, I'm much more of a people learner than a book learner, and some people will learn it through books. I just, I, I find the energy between people. Um, I think it was Martin Buber that said that there's a whole energy between people. What's that little space in between? I'm so curious about that. So even though we're doing it on Zoom, it's still been so incredible. We've made so many new friends, a couple in Costa Rica that we were going to go visit and, and, and just so many interests. And along the way that we visited, you know, Kitty from Loving Without Boundaries or Barbara Corellis, who was a mentor of mine during my sexuality studies for my master's and, and talks about queerness and inclusion and just so many interesting episodes that I feel like I'm so lucky to have been able to bring to light. And that's what's so exciting for me at this stage of life is, is wherever I can be more of a conduit to bring this to life while we're feeding ourselves and feeding our relationship in that way. That, that's what's creating more. And, you know, throughout the uh, episodes, we also have got inspired to do our own trips. We took a, an RV trip inspired by the gypsy nesters. Right. And uh, Not that we should use the word gypsy, but that's right, know, another but, thing. No, I'm talking about that's their website. That's their website. I'm not saying that. that, We were not gypsy nesters because we don't call yourselves gypsies. No, no. And the other thing is about learning from our kids. And we just heard that from Jude and Bill Thomas, too. How much we've learned, I feel, because of our kids. So most of you open nesters out there listening have kids. And and how much wisdom I feel like I've been learning through listening to our our children in their becoming and in their self-reflection and in the fact that millennials and are really seeing things without the labels and i would say labeling even you know obviously all the names for for uh for gender and for and for all the fluidity that we've had we've wanted to learn when our daughter you know is queer and and we've followed her beautiful journey and you know we had to unlabel ourselves from being a typical monogamous couple so we're also on that journey of learning that it's okay Right. I mean, we had not a lot, but four or five episodes regarding ethical non-monogamy. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit, or you want to skip to a different question? I think I'll, I'll, I'll point people again to our whole story on that. If you like this episode, you will love other episodes on our website under the Listen tab. Scroll down to our Open Nesting category. If you are interested in the story of Tessa and Amir's non-traditional relationship, visit theopennesters.com, our resources page under podcasts. I mean, I, will, I would like to say something about women and our embodiment on this episode because I do think that when we realize that we can become more embodied with our sensual, sensory so embodiment is comes from movement, breath, and sound, or the usual the ways into embodiment. And women have not had the ability in many cases because they've had to be in this performative society to just be with their senses and their sensuality and really accept and practice. And everything comes from practice. And the more we practice, the more we want to practice. 
So when I started practicing meditation and realizing I couldn't do without that, and then adding journaling to my practices and some of those other tools. But for me, also, dancing is huge as a woman. And I suggested for men, too. I've been noticing in some of my conscious dance, when I used to go to different groups before COVID, I saw so many more men coming into their bodies and their feminine side by dancing and moving and and being in touch with their feminine energy. And I love that. And I really want to recommend it to our open nesters because, I've, I mean, I actually learned about ecstatic dance from our daughter originally from when yeah. she went to one in Oakland, the original ecstatic dance. And since then, I've explored that that form so much. So it, it'll give it'll give our, you know, I, I hope you'll all take a look at what it is to dance in your bodies and feel that we can fly and fall and we're not always in balance. Sometimes I think there's a lot too much about being in balance all the time. Well, I, I've seen you, uh, how you uh, get engaged with that ecstatic dance. You had some session over here in our dance studio right outside this, the recording studio right here. And I've seen how everyone around you is really loving it and enjoying that freedom that it's provided. And here we are in our third act, being an open nester, learning from our kids, doing a podcast that is very relevant and valuable to a lot of people and learning from our interviewees. And I see you as, as becoming this wise woman that leads this and almost take this on as, as your life project to teach women how to become in touch with their body. Well, thank you. I, I don't, I, I don't think I'll ever arrive, but I hope I can be course, a role model of, of that because that is what I'm going toward. And thank you for reminding me of that because we were going to talk about what comes next and how I see that. But I just wanted to point out the transition that I have witnessed over the past few years for you to become who you are today, a producer of an incredible podcast, an incredible human being that I would love to wake up to the morning, every morning to see as well as an incredible friend, a person that I can share everything with, a life partner that I can be the most honest and authentic me with. And it's all because of you. It's because of your demeanor, your personality, your character, your kindness, your love, your compassion, and your gratitude. Wow, I'm glad we have this recorded. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> but yeah. I never think it's one way. It's a two-way street, baby. Well, Takes know, to the tango, as uh, you know. I'm, I'm just saying it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the truth. It's really what it is. It's really what it is. And that's why we can allow ourselves to be wherever we need to be without having to worry because us is solid, grounded, and, and established. Established. Well, you give me that. I think you give me that establishment, ah. I would say. You would say you're more like a kite that I have to drag your kind wire. Of, <laughs> kind of, you kind of ground me. I mean, I would say I have a lot of people that ground me or the different people that come in our lives for different reasons. They offer us such amazing ways to see ourselves and, and trusting ourselves, which I spoke about earlier, is interesting because recently I was invited by one of my friends who was my, my actually my professor in my graduate studies and she's an executive coach, but she's also an interfaith minister, and she combines spirituality in the workplace in such an incredible way. And she decided she had this incredible deal in Hawaii through her coaching to invite people out there. 
And she invited, she selected eight women, and none of us knew each other. And talk about the trusting yourself that you would be with through this, through her conduit, her beautiful, beautiful spirit and soul. We came into all of us being elevated in Kauai, if you can imagine what a gift that was for everyone. And I came back transformed with the idea Mm. that that we continue to grow and send more love from within and from within our, our, our circles of of discovery out into the world. So you were lit up for yeah. two or three weeks after that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I remember like, that. Yeah, no, I feel like I, I'm spending a lot of time in the blessings of being lit up from the inside. And and even if there, you know, when there are shadows, I feel like I, I ride those waves better. And remember the Anxiety Sisters? That was yeah. one that you learned from? Oh, yeah. So they talk about the riptide that... that uh, Correct. I've always said, and I got a tattoo on my butt that actually says it, that I feel like you got to ride the waves, and that's a very mindfulness piece that we let our emotions, we, 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 we are with our emotions. We, we, we go beside them, and we notice them, and we don't try to fight them. And so the same thing for the waves of the, like something if you get caught in a riptide, which is the intense stuff, which we have had some intense stuff over the years. And... And I've learned a little more not to fight that. It's almost so what the Anxiety Sisters teach in their book that we interviewed or I interviewed was about, like even Michael Phelps could not swim in from a riptide. Yeah. So don't swim in from the from those riptides of, of where you get overwhelmed with that intensity. You just have to ride them until they let you go. And what a beautiful metaphor for letting go. I, I, I enjoyed that and I remember that very much. And if uh, you need, if I ask you to conclude and give me one advice, one suggestion, one tip that we can give our audience, couples, women, or men, separately or together, about being an open nester, what would you tell them? Well, three things stand out in our lives, and I think it's all of our lives, and I think that we have more opportunity as we are older to explore that and to continue to have courage not to let things kind of overwhelm you to be able to try new things that are so courage curiosity which i've talked about a lot here becoming curious for what you can have courage for or what interests you or what you can still learn and open up to as an open nester and compassion because when we come from self-compassion then we can be compassionate with others and that helps us align with them and that just makes our life more life richer Courage, curiosity, and compassion. How beautiful. So, Tessa, one last question as we winding up this particular interview, so to speak. Uh, now that you're entering your seventh decade, you're 60 years old, wiser, bolder, what do you see yourself for yourself uh, when you look ahead? Well, a lot of in a lot of different areas, I guess I'd want to touch on because that's a that's a big ahead, a big time ahead. Please, you know, I I, I hope or, or pray that the universe gives me time ahead. And I mean, the first is my own being with myself and knowing myself. For example, even in my own body, with food that nourish me better. Uh, I, I've I've read before that we can eat less and mostly vegetables in life, and that's actually what I'm seeing for myself eating less and feeling nourished without without less because as we get older, we want to feel lighter and we don't want to feel burdened by the foods that don't do well for us. So 
a reverse, I, I like to use this word reverse engineering. It's something I learned years ago and has really had impact in my life and in yours, right? Of course. <laughs> I, I think that you, 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 you manifested a few different things over the last no number of years through this kind of system that we fig- that, I, that I coached and learned about. And it's basically the idea that we don't just set this intention, but we actually go to our subconscious and write exactly that it happened. And it doesn't have to be very specific. It could be for a specific day. But reverse engineering that that I see myself lighter and eating with so all like a vegetarian almost almost vegetarian based diet so that I can feel this lightness of being and health for the next decade. So that's the first way I'd start with is my physical body. Okay. Uh, the other one I want to do is integrate all the things that I've learned so that I can give more to the world and integrate my different aspects of myself that the things that have I've been learning and teaching and coaching all these years. So that ranges from my Jewish meditation and the chants and the practices that I've created for families and for people of all age and for women and in groups. And I'm going to want to bring that together with the sexuality, uh, the the spiritual and sexual way that we can be in our bodies more. So I'm reverse engineering and seeing for myself that I can bring this beautiful light of embodiment and Jewish mysticism together so that people can feel that if they've, if they, as a, as a possibility, they can use Judaism. And if they came from a Jewish background, they can go back to it, but that they can realize that there's so much integration there and they can feel it and feel richer and feel enlightened from it so that it also creates abundance in their life and abundance in my life. And our lives. Beautiful said, very well articulated. Is that it? I think that's. I think that's it. I mean, I see for our that our relationship. I'd like to reverse engineer continues to grow, yeah, and become richer, and that we can continue to travel together to places that we have new friends in, and yeah. friendships mean so much to both of us. So that's a big part of what I'd like to see us doing for fun in the world, dancing and music, and in our new season. I'll be sharing some of the things I've learned through my many years of of working with men and women around playfulness and sensuality and sexuality and spirituality, and I'm going to be integrating those to offer some nice audio pieces that you'll find on our website and as special components here on The Open Nesters. That's a great added value to our audience. I would like to conclude by telling you that I love you so much. I really appreciate the person that you've become. If you would have told me 31 years ago that this is who you become, I would have not believed it, but I'm very happy with the final result. It is incredible to watch you transit and change in witnessing uh, the transformation has been an incredible journey for me. So I wanna wish you everything that you wanna wish for yourself. I wanna wish you the health that you want, and I want to continue to witness you grow, flourish, and become a light for so many people. Happy birthday. Thank you, Amir. And I really want to invite anyone entering their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s to embrace this time in your life with each moment you can, with love, with playfulness, with compassion, curiosity. 
and courage. And this really does conclude our season one, right, Amir? <laughs> yeah, um, this is conclusion. During uh, season one, we have met and learned from incredible human being, open Esther's an expert about embracing life with openness and covering topics we had not even dreamed about when we first launched this podcast, right? So true. So many people out there are writing their act three before and after their kids leave the nest. So, you know, we've been discussing that because we really want to ask all of you how you will write act three of your life. Will you approach it with curiosity, courage, and compassion? So join us on this incredible journey in season two of the Open Nesters podcast. Find some opening to the unexpected places of our minds, bodies, and of course our souls. All of that fuels our richest lives and relationships. Our podcasts range from living grounded and living on the edge of adventure, reinvention, spirituality, and sexuality. Together we do discover how rich our lives can be when we live them with open minds and open hearts. have been listening to the Open Nesters podcast, a production of Kiwi Publishing. Executive producer, Tessa Crone. Music by Yoni Avi Patat. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email tessa at theopennesters.com. That's double N in the middle, S at the end, theopennesters.com.